0: Welcome to OK Video, the show where two clerks sift through all the media that ever was in hopes of discovering lost gems from an era long ago. I'm Nathan Rohr, formerly of Hillhurst Rogers Video Store 613, and I'm joined as always by Ryan McCullough.
1: Hey, Ryan here, formerly of Blockbuster, VHQ, Movie Gallery, uh, Cheap Seat Movie Theater, HMV, almost everything except for Rogers. I'm here, and I'm excited to be watching movies with my friend Nathan, and I say that, but I got a stomachache this week. What? Go ahead.
0: Oh, man. Okay. Uh, this is our final film in our look back at weird buddy cop movies. Thank you for joining us. This week, we visited the body of Frank DeTori, brought to life by the inimitable Bill Murray. Inimitable. I never say that out loud. So. Uh, and directed by the kings of gross out Bob and Peter Farley? Yeah, Farley. Okay, I did it wrong last time. Uh, that's right. Osmosis Jones is the subject of, of our final cop pairing white blood cell and cold relief pill the weirdest cops of all uh, they 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 make it seem like cops That it's the FPD and everything uh, this was yeah directed by the farley brothers but there's a lot of animation in this movie that's directed by two other guys Piet Kroon and Tom Sido this was released August 10th 2001 and it was a I, this might be the biggest bomb of this batch oh yeah i didn't really realize how badly this movie did it cost 70 million and made 13.6 so i
1: mean yeah. yeah yeah it's if you've seen this movie it's not that shocking but okay
0: like it's it's hard to sell this movie or you don't think it's good
1: we'll get into it i guess okay so what's the what's the <laughs> well, summary nathan what do you tell us about this movie in case i've never I'll, seen it okay. before
0: i hadn't uh, osmosis jones is a white blood cell tasked with keeping the body of frank detori safe from harmful germs and bacteria but Frank has just stretched the 10-second rule to its limit, eating a mayonnaise-covered egg that he wrestled away from the mouth of a chimpanzee. Of course, a deadly new virus hits a ride inside Frank on that egg, and only osmosis suspects the symptoms Frank starts experiencing are more than the common cold. He teams up with Drixenol, Drix for short, a cherry-flavored cold relief capsule that is confident he has the cooling power necessary to thwart any foe. Together, can they keep Frank from being patient zero in a deadly new pandemic? hopefully <laughs> cuz this guy uh, bill murray in this movie is just eating everything and oh, it Nathan. was so it was rough my stomach
1: yeah. came from just like any Watching live this. action thing caused me to like genuinely be sick to my stomach and like i i was like so like you talk about gross out comedy and like i don't dislike the farley brothers i really like dumb and dumber like most people i think like dumb and dumber um, yeah. I like me myself and Irene. I like Hall Pass. Like there's movies of theirs. There's something about Mary I love. There's movies of theirs I love. This gross out is like next level. Like food stuff gross out is so disgusting. And Bill Murray, I don't know if I should praise him or like be angry with him or be upset with him. Like he is killing it. Like he's yeah. doing exactly what he's supposed to do, perfectly. But I hate it. I hate every
0: second of it. Oh wow! Okay, like this is this is not a flattering like appearance. Like he just looks so sweaty and greasy, not sweaty, greasy. Yeah. While he's eating buckets of chicken, rubbing like like
1: like, literally rubbing it on his skin, like sucking out the sodium because he was like parched or something. I couldn't. The amount of things uh, that they come up how with. How much
0: salt he puts on this egg before he even entertains the idea of eating it. Like, he's just standing there talking to his daughter and, like, shaking a shaker over it. He blows it, it off like a and a pile comes blowing
1: off. Like, so, like, the reason why I hated Nathan, is because it actually made me physically sick every single time he was on. Like, the puke scene made me sick. The zit pop scene made me sick. Like, I was actually getting sick to my stomach watching this film.
0: Okay. Okay. This was my first time seeing it, and I guess, I don't know, I was just, okay, I was sort of recovering from an ingrown toenail, like, this past week, so it was like, oh, this is, like, relatable, because that's, like, a setting for some of this, this virus stuff, uh, and it's just a really biological movie that makes the body seem gross, and I felt kind of gross, so it was like, yeah, that's fair, just just kind of, you know, Okay, I, I feel you, Frank, I, but also, sure. dude, but like, you gotta scale it back a little bit. Yeah.
1: For me, I'm going through some diet stuff right now, where I'm like, I'm trying to like, like clench in my diet and make it better. And as I'm watching yeah. this movie, I'm like, I'm seeing this guy who has like the exact opposite of the diet I'm trying to have. And I just imagine <laughs> I'm projecting all of like how gross I would feel on myself eating the stuff he's eating. And it just like yeah. sunk me in deeper. Like I saw this movie in theaters. Like it was, it came while I was at the movie theater I was working at. Like the cheap seats. Ah. Uh-huh. So I okay, saw it cool. there, um, and I, it, like, I thought it was affable and fine at that point, but obviously like, like 15 years go by, 18, 19 years go by, and yeah. now I'm an adult who has to be like, thoughtful about my cholesterol, my fat intake, my, how much sugar I eat, and I'm watching this movie, and like, I've had my gallbladder out, and I've had gallbladder attacks, and the food that he eats in this movie would 100% give me gallbladder attacks like, if I didn't have sure. it, and like, that, P- yeah. that, that PTSD of like, getting those that sick – like came flooding
0: back watching this movie. I've, I feel this movie is like in the in the like this is a negative example. Oh, headspace. it is yes. Oh, like it's... it knows eating fried chicken and rubbing on your face is bad. Mm-hmm. And it's like this white blood cell has his work cut out for him trying to keep this guy safe yes. from this stuff because he's too. just eating like that's obviously not something you should eat like this oyster at a science <laughs> fair. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's so bad. It was just like like, Nathan. Are we seriously setting this up that he's just gonna go for that? Like it's not even prepared.
1: I agree with you. Like they're definitely setting up that there's a problem here. I just don't wanna see it in the graphic detail that the Farley brothers are insistent that we watch it on.
0: Yeah. Like they're like, hey, check out this extreme close up of this zit. And it's like it's no no, it's not
1: even the extreme it was like the chewed food and the close up of his mouth, like like the flakes oh, of egg. when we first go inside yeah. to visit the eggs and there. all the stuff that are in there, and I'm like, this is actually disgusting and make me feel sick to my stomach.
0: Yeah, because I was like I, imagining
1: I, all the smells to go with it, and I was <laughs> like, this is like actually too gross. And they wanted to the launch. First... They wanted to launch a brand new animated like franchise off of this. Like, there's a cartoon show that lasted I know. one season based on this on this movie
0: ozzy and Drix, yeah yeah. which which i guess yeah if we want to look at it like there's a lot of imagination here i thought like i was actually kind of impressed with uh how this virus character behaves and how crazy villainous he is and the kind of jumps between the inside and the outside weren't too jarring all the time like they would kind of zoom in on a part of his body and then you're suddenly in in that part of the city or whatever Mm -hmm. uh occasionally they get a little like just cut back to bill in a car looking Mm -hmm. sweaty like it was kind of jarring here and there but
1: well i think that's like my a big criticism i do have the movie if this movie just sat in the animated world i would have been fine like they do do it would seem
0: less disgusting yeah
1: oh because it's animated it's like they create their own world with their own internal logic that makes sense and they're entertaining on some level. This movie, yeah. what's weird about this movie is that like it's two movies at war with each other, and that's why you can tell that the Farleys did not direct the animated sequences because, like, do you feel the tone is
0: that different inside? Oh, a
1: hundred percent. And like, that's the thing is, like, I know that they're all telling one narrative and it makes sense. They have interconnected scenes, but like the world, like the real world, is like so cartoony and over the top. That it makes the animated world seem more realistic.
0: Really? Oh like yeah. The... Like the okay. the
1: like the cop narrative was more of like the actual serious storyline, whereas like the goofy, bumbling, like dad eating all this junk food is like the cartoony storyline that doesn't seem real. Like that's that's I know it's like set in a fantastical world, but I'm saying like tonally the movie the movie that's taking place inside Frank's body is more serious and more uh engaging than the movie that we're getting with bill murray
0: hmm well what he, all he's up to on the outside is making like bad food decisions and like correct and embarrassed and being embarrassed by his like body functions and stuff and like being a terrible father teacher he's a yeah he's a depressed single dad who's not You're being too... adapting so, to the new okay. reality <laughs> obviously yeah. on
1: this show we are big fans of bill murray
0: yeah like we can say a that man
1: yeah yeah, are you are you projecting because this came out of an era of his life where he was clearly depressed and like not making good choices? And then you're just no, like, the I feel character,
0: bad. They talk about like his wife has passed. No, no, away no I'm and, talking about
1: Bill Murray's like life choices, like at this point in his career where he's making Operation Dumbo Drop. No, no what was the other one he did not operation no Dubbo no jump. larger than larger life. than life
0: yeah he goes on a road trip with an elephant i've seen that movie so i don't know if like uh,
1: i'm gonna just kind of explain like there's this uh like story that comes out of groundhog day that harold Ramis was direct- the director of groundhog day uh was on set with his one of his good friends who harold Ramis is in ghostbusters with bill murray and they're good friends from comedy days and they got in a massive fight on the set yeah. of this movie because Bill Murray was starting to become very resentful of the type of movies he was being offered in the early to mid-90s. And he was feeling pigeonholed like he had way more creative expression that he wanted to share with the world and he kept getting, like, comedies, grosso comedies. And for some weird reason in my mind, I, I think I don't agree with him, he saw Groundhog Day is Beneath Him, which I actually think is one of his best movies.
0: Uh, yeah. Anyways, I, I it's fine. I guess your perspective from when you're in it 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 is one of those weird things where it's like, dude, that was one of, the, like, the best movies you ever did. Yes. And it's like, at the time, though, when he was making it, he's like, ugh, one of these again. Yes. And it's like, I don't – what? Like, that's not – Exactly. This is not Scrooged or whatever. Like, this is kind of on a new level. So then, like, but... so
1: the 90s go around, and he starts making, like, like movies that I have some fondness for because they came out at a certain point in my life that I watched them. I love. But I can understand yeah. why he, in his career, is, like, over these movies. Like, he made – uh, larger Than Life, he made uh, The Man Who Knew Too Little, which actually, I yeah. love The Man Who Knew Too Little. I think it's a hilarious movie. But he started making <laughs> these movies, and I would put Osmosis Jones as one of these type of movies. He started working with the Farley brothers a bit and, and doing like little bit things
0: with them. Well, Kingpin. Yeah.
1: And yeah. it wasn't until, I think, like Wes Anderson uh, cast him in Rushmore, and then he kind of like catapulted his career in a different direction. That like well, Bill this Murray was
0: after that point in time, but it wasn't like but he hadn't lost in translation, but yeah. life
1: aquatic was the key Anderson phone for him. Like, yes, he was in like, yes, he was in, uh, like Rushmore and Royal Tenenbaums, but it was, it was lost in translation and life aquatic that were like the two big, like renaissance of Bill Murray's career that kind of took him into a different direction
0: again. Where right. He started doing helping more... him out of comedy strictly yes. like, into a more varied place. I guess so. Although this this is just full-on, like, gross, goofy Correct. nonsense. And I don't know if he resents it or not. Like, he, but he, he talks seems about this era. Game.
1: He doesn't talk specifically about any movies because I think he's smarter than that. But he talks about this era as being, like, a low point in his career
0: yeah, type of thing. Yeah, I, I guess I can see that.
1: Um, uh, I, I just For me, it's like, I, I kinda, this is the movie where I'm like, I get this one.
0: I feel bad for dissing Scrooge because it's it's kind of okay.
1: Oh, I <laughs> but, I love Scrooge, but I understand why someone wouldn't necessarily love Scrooge.
0: I think I watched it twice on one Christmas like two years ago, and it's like this was too many times. <laughs> like it's it's fun, it's fun, but periodically. Uh, yes. But anyway, uh, his leg has a spasm at one point in this movie, and I That's thought true. that was kind of funny because yeah, he really fun. overreacts to it. Yeah. I guess it it plays into the over the top thing you're talking about, where like yeah, the real world. It, it's just him hanging out with Chris Elliott at this, like, really dicey zoo. Well, to the point where, like, <laughs> the third act, uh, him being in the
1: hospital, is undercut by any drama because I don't care about the real world stuff because it's so cartoony. All of a sudden, this, this hospital scene where he's on the verge of death is like... Like, oh, he's
0: going to die. And are yeah. like, really? Like, this has been so insane this whole time. I yeah, feel like the stuff I that happens in kinda... the
1: body is actually more, like, concerning... Like, oh, man, he's, like, burning up in the body. That's more concerning to me than, like, seeing Frank in a hospital bed dying. because With like, ice packs on yeah. him. And
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways. But, okay, into the, the animated portion of this movie, which is where our buddy cops are. Uh, yeah, it's, like, the Frank police department is basically where uh, Osmosis works. He is... I guess back in the day, he hit the puke button when uh, Frank ate this oyster, and a lot of, like, social ramifications of that situation uh, came out of that. So he got fired or demoted or whatever he's looked at as kind of a a dicey cop, even though it was obviously the right decision. Like, you should throw up when you eat that. Yes, That's what the gag reflex is for. Uh, But I guess he lost his good job and now works at the zoo with his brother-in-law well
1: the the the, uh the internal body politics of the of frank is way more concerned about appearances and making the wrong parts of frank happy so like osmosis made the right choice because there was a dangerous virus but because it publicly shamed bill murray yeah the mayor kind of was like no like we we, our job is to make it Bill Murray is, happy, not to right. help him live.
0: It is fun because, like, it kind of, like, takes a lot into consideration about, like, your in- interactions and stuff. Like, his dreams and his subconscious get, like, damaged yes. by this puking incident that happened. Yep. Even though, on a purely biological level, it was obviously the right thing to do. Yes. So, it's just this, like, his brain hates that that happened, but his stomach was relieved by that and he was likely it saved his life and maybe because yeah. that was a bad situation before it's it's weird like there's a lot taken into consideration uh william shatner plays the slimy mayor character mm-hmm. a fleming ham i think
1: uh yeah Something. mayor fleming
0: mayor fleming yeah uh and ron howard is the guy running against tom him in the election tom colonic yeah colonic uh I, I I thought it was Edward Norton or something when I was hearing him. I wasn't oh, sure no, if he heard. Place the voice. I've been watching Arrested yeah. Development lately, so I've been hearing a lot of Ron Howard's voice. Okay. I was surprised to see his name in the credits. I was like, wait, who was he? And it's like he was in the campaign ad at like the beginning of the movie. Yeah, at the beginning oh, of yeah. the movie. They completely forget about that like like That character, I don't even know if he speaks again. Like you see him occasionally just watching the news <laughs> or something. But I, I don't know. if I don't think he does
1: again. either. Because I, I forgot about him until
0: you just mentioned that Ron Howard was in this
1: movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. There,
0: there's an election going on, I guess, which is really just this, like, do I want to go on this trip with my daughter or go to the Buffalo Chicken Wings Festival? <laughs> which is what. And the uh, trip with his daughter Michigan is like a for.
1: hiking camp- camping trip, like where more healthy activities would be happening.
0: Right. Which is further complicated by, like, the real reason he can't go is because he has a restraining order filed against him that I guess he doesn't tell his daughter about, from, I think. Was. From who
1: is the restraining order? I didn't catch this part. Uh, Molly Shannon's teacher um, character. okay.
0: Like, because he goes, because they're... Leah, I guess, the mayor's aide, voiced by Brandy, uh To one of she, my favorite,
1: like, one of my favorite mishaps that happens in the movie that, like, they kept, even though it's hilarious... There's a scene where Osmosis runs into Leah, Brandy's character, and he's like, Brandy, I mean Leah, and they kept it
0: in the movie. And it's like, it's like, oh, it's fun. It was a nice spirited read by Chris Rock, so we're just going to keep it. Uh, Yeah, so they just, like, there's a way you can kind of override Bill Murray's, like, acting consciousness and just, like, tell him what to do. (laughs) So uh, Mayor Fleming uses it to make bad decisions, like go on this chicken wing trip uh, but Leah tries to curb it to be like no you really should reconnect with your daughter you should try to do that and then when he goes to visit Molly Shannon there it comes out that yeah he can't go because of this legal thing yeah which is weird there's just this other wrinkle in the story but I guess we should get to the cold capsule uh, that's I, the I'm only okay. measure oh sorry just,
1: oh yeah. I want to talk about you you
0: wanted to talk about Mayo update all right so, okay, uh, last batch in uh, our episode about the whole nine yards, there was a lot of mayo oh, yeah, slander yeah, yeah. on this episode, yeah. and there's a gross use of mayonnaise in this episode uh, that deserves some attention. He just kind of pours a packet of mayonnaise on this egg before he I, I assume
1: it. a warm packet of mayonnaise on a warm egg.
0: It's horrible. It's the, it's the worst thing he eats in the movie, <laughs> which causes the whole problem. Yeah, uh, eat, Worse than the oyster, I guess. Just But you don't less... see
1: the oyster. That's the thing. Like, it's just the
0: idea of an oyster. Right. They really lean into this egg. It's important to the story. But it made me want to, like, shoehorn in this little update on my mayonnaise eating because I figured out a use for it. And I just want to share that, like, as the base of a sandwich sauce, Yes, it's useful. Yeah, I Like you mix other stuff into I the mayonnaise. I
1: sparingly use mayo on every on a lot of things. So I make tuna fish sandwiches, but I'm like yeah. I'm in control of how much mayo I'm putting into that tuna fish type
0: okay. of thing. But if you go to a fast food place, they slather it. Oh, it's like that's that. what
1: I mean. Like and when I when I make a turkey sandwich, I put a thin, like a super thin layer of mayo on it. Mm. Whereas like I do feel like when I go to specifically like like fast food places, burger places, there's just always a glob of it somewhere in the burger, and you get a glob right. of it into the back of your throat, and that's what causes me to gag.
0: Okay, so where yeah, I've been mixing it in with mustard for Cubano sandwiches, and then mixing it in with hoisin for banh mi like Vietnamese sandwiches, True. and it's very key to that stuff. Yes. So there's ways to use it. Uh, don't just pour it on an egg though; that's horrible. Yes, and no, it's a good base for something, yeah. but people just
1: treat it like it's its own condiment. Like I know it's that its mayo, I know mayo yeah. is in a bunch of salad dressings that we all love. Like I think it's in ranch. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's in Caesar, creamy Caesar. But we, it's because it's got other things that it, it kind of it acts as a base. But when you have just mayo, first of all, I'm not a mayo person at all. I eat Miracle Whip. Like I'm a Miracle Whip person.
0: Okay. I like the tangy
1: yeah. zip of Miracle Whip.
0: Those were good ads with the fish and everything. Mm-hmm. Like jumps onto the boat, but it's uh, and they just throw it back because they ran out of mayonnaise, so they'd rather die. True. Fun stuff. So, you know, Cleo award winning. But okay. That's just the mayonnaise update. Uh, Okay. Okay. So we can get into Drix Drix and all, or Drix, his partner. Drix, yeah. Voiced by David Hyde Pierce. And I kind of like the personality contrast of like David Hyde Pierce and Chris Rock together. Yes. That's like a pretty solid. They have
1: like, they are, if you're to have like attitudes. if If you have like a spectrum of like voice actors like yeah. one being like super casual, carefree, like laid back, be Chris Rock to like mm-hmm. Nigel from Frasier.
0: Like yeah. Exactly. Like yeah, the ultimate straight guy and like a live wire. Like that's that makes sense as a pairing. So I it's it fits well within our genre examination mm-hmm. of the, of that just on that level. Uh but he is not equipped for a deadly virus. No, he he is, so is he is like a not quite like a kids medicine tablet but he is not for this like he, he literally does his
1: best. he literally is a like there's a whole scene in the movie where William Shatner points out like he's a he's just a placebo like he's literally just Something that helps you ease the pain or ease the discomfort while your body actually fights the virus or the cold or the symptoms.
0: Right, your temporary relief. Yes, like you're not, you're not really the master cure. To be fair, like he thing. continues
1: he, to kill he, a germ like throughout this movie. There's a running gag where the germ keeps getting frozen by him, mm, but the germ never yeah. dies because. He's not killing these germs. He's literally just freezing. He can them. freeze it
0: for a bit, yeah. But he's he's not gonna exterminate it, yeah. But he kind of rolls in there like the Terminator or something. He's got like a giant arm cannon and like a bunch of these capsule yes. things that he sprays goo everywhere that like heals. Well, cools cools yeah. the the p- painful parts. It's kind of a neat visual, mm-hmm. and he's 3D. Like he he's kind of. This cylinder like 3d cylinder that's floating around beside Chris Rock's character just as it from a character design perspective yeah. I kind of like the translucent like layer around osmosis mm-hmm. like his hair and stuff like there's kind of just this like amoeba membrane membranous exterior to all the characters yeah it's kind of fun it is uh but yeah I again I'd never seen this so so I was like I just digging this for the first time yeah
1: whereas I have seen it. And, like, like, wasn't excited to see it in theaters. I was more excited for the Farley Brothers aspect of it because I think in, like, when I was in grade 11, the Farley Brothers were like, oh, these guys are funny. I'm going to watch this for the Farley Brothers stuff. Uh, yeah. And I didn't love the animation side as much as I liked the live action as a kid. But now I'm, mm. I'm, I'm flipped completely where, like, I like the animation side way more than I like the live action.
0: Right. It can do gross stuff and it's just kind of gooey and weird looking. Yes. It's not as, like, uh like but like reflex inducing i
1: don't understand a warner brothers executive who sat down and said yeah let's make this movie instead of the incredibles
0: the only like justification i have for that is iron giant also didn't do well so it's like oh brad bird yeah the box office dud guy it's true you know it's
1: true but it brought them lots of clout what they need is an animation a fledgling animation studio
0: like critically loved even then, yes. So it it was like seen as unfortunate that the Iron Giant didn't do well. Yeah. Not like oh well, yeah. I mean, who would watch that? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So so when he sits down decision, and pitches it, yeah. but even like
1: okay, but even considering that Nathan and like yeah, Brad Bird not being a, sh- a a sure entity, he still pitched At that point, yeah. Warner Brothers a Fantastic floor film that they would own and be able to load Lord over top of like. Like, this is – at 2001's at the cusp. Like, they could have been at the cusp of superhero films because, yeah. like, Spider-Man hadn't even come out yet. X-Men was just coming out. They could have been at the cusp of a superhero film and made The Incredibles. And they were like, no, let's make Osmosis I, I, Jones. I do,
0: I do find the decision to make this really weird because it's like, like – just vaguely remembering from when I was 14 and seeing ads or whatever – like, I might have assumed this was sort of like an ed- edutainment movie. <laughs> like, we're going inside to, like, look at the body like a Magic School Bus episode yeah, or something. But that's, to be fair, like, Magic
1: School Bus episodes are better than this movie. Edutainment uh, is, I wish this movie was more... For education purposes, absolutely. No, for yeah. entertainment
0: purposes. Ah, Wait, okay, you didn't well, like Magic School Bus? I. It was not my go-to, man. I was an Arthur guy. So. That's not edutainment, it? though. It's not educational. No, no, that's what so I'm fun. saying. Like
1: I'm not saying, like... I'm saying like Bill Nye, I'm saying uh like
0: Wishbone it's wish- telling you about literature. Yeah, like I'm telling you
1: about like uh, or Magic School bus, like these edutainment programs, like I wanted to watch these things because I wanted to like have the fun of the adventure and also, hey, if I learn something, that's great. But I found those mm-hmm. shows to be fun to watch. Like I wanted to watch them. So you watched Arthur and you're telling me you're sitting here telling me Arthur Arthur is better Arthur than Magic School is Bus? Better.
0: Than Magic School Bus, yeah, crazy. Anyways, uh, so for people's context, <laughs> I was in the Arthur
1: fan club, dude. I had a little car. Oh, my and goodness! Uh, for people's context, because we referenced something that He's I think an <laughs> we, we referenced something that I don't think we've we cleared up. Um, after Iron Giant came out, Warner Brothers Animation was trying to figure out like how that what their next project could be. Brad Bird, yeah. who directed Iron Giant, pitched out The Incredibles to them. They passed on it for Osmosis Jones, which then Brad Bird took it to Pixar and made a giant movie. and launched his actual movie career after that point like yeah he yeah. made ratatouille Tomorrowland, mission impossible four blah 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 um i i don't think they made a, a good choice but at the same time their warner brothers animation what are they really known for like before this they did that oh what was that movie with the two the dragon buddies there was a three-headed dragon there's a princess oh, and man camelot something camelot I-
0: Camelot, quest for Camelot. Quest for Camelot. That's what it was. Yeah. I remember seeing that box at Walmart. Yes. I never watched it. Me neither. Because it was not yeah. like, it was like, it
1: was just like, there's this run because of Disney's like comeback in the nineties, the Renaissance, the Don mm-hmm. Bluth was running with his stuff at Fox. Like Warner brothers was like, Oh, there's a whole market here making animated films that mm-hmm. we're not really like capitalizing on. And this is their attempt. Cause I remember yeah. the toys at Wendy's for quest for Camelot being a key thing and I didn't mm. care about it all because who cares about Quest for I'm Cama? thinking
0: of that DreamWorks stuff like uh, Road to El Dorado but that's and that, that came C-dad that movie. came later I'm talking about like mid 90s yeah. animation
1: before DreamWorks started doing the 3D stuff with Pixar
0: right there was that weird kind of like transition period between like conventional cell animation yes. and like is the Pixar model the new way kind of thing yeah,
1: yeah that's right because yeah. like yeah because Camel sorry you're right the DreamWorks started with Uh, Prince of Egypt and Sinbad and uh, Road to El Dorado. Prince of Egypt being like their big number one seller, like big launcher. But then they quickly transitioned to Ants and Shrek pretty quickly.
0: Uh, Yeah, it was kind of like hedging, like, is this going to work? Can we still do this? Like, even Disney fell into that hole a bit with, like, uh, Treasure Planet didn't do very well. Uh, But that was like, that was hybrid stuff. Like,
1: they were trying to do hybrid things in those movies. Because Titan A.E., was like critically Tiny. like critically like lauded for its technical advancements, despite the terribleness of that movie. And so yeah. like Disney took that in their like Atlantis and Treasure Planet, they really experimented with. And Dinosaur, they experimented with it before all of that, and they did pure animation on that one, and lost a lot yeah. of money on Dinosaur. Um, but to be fair, I like all three of those films. I think it's like an era of Disney that people don't talk about enough. Because they're experimenting. Well, it's experimenting. like this experimental,
0: yeah. like, we're trying to figure out a new direction and combine art styles and stuff. And we also I mean,
1: recognize that our audience that we gained during the Renaissance period, like, the ones who, like, first became Disney Disney fans because of Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin, they're all now teenagers or young adults. So, that like, you look at all three of those films, there are way more, like, adult themes going on in those movies.
0: Sure, yeah. Or, like... That's yeah, is this movie trying to be cool? Like Osmosis so. Jones, like like he's putting on his sunglasses and like surfing down a wave of bile yes. and stuff. And I was just like, this is weird because like that sentence that you just said,
1: like, that is that's this where this movie is in my mind. I'm like, why did this he's surfing down a wave
0: of bile? It's like why yeah. who thought
1: this was a good idea? Who thought this was a good idea? Who thought this was
0: cool. Like I thought it was kind of amusing and weird now. But they were trying as, to like like clearly yeah. because
1: they made a TV show like a kids' TV show about this team, like
0: about this conceit, Ozzy yeah. and Drix, and it's entertainment first, like education fifth. Like it's really <laughs> not that interested. Like there's a scene where his immune system gets compromised, and like the metaphor is a dam breaking, mm-hmm. and like Drix is spraying it with stuff trying to seal well, the cracks. It's and his
1: immune system, he—it's when he gets a runny nose, and it's the idea that there's a mucous membrane holding up all of his like runny nose stuff. And so the the dam was yeah. breaking, and then he gets his really crazy runny nose, which doesn't translate into real life very well.
0: It looks gross, like the booger in front of Chris Elliott, or
1: yes, and like the fact that it's not, uh, like good looking. Sorry, uh, yeah, it's it's not even that effective of a scene because like. In the animation, it's like this gushing waves of snot, and then in the real life, it's just this one long. Booger. Oh,
0: right! You don't have him like waking up with like, oh, and he needs like a handkerchief or something. Exactly. It just kind of happens. I I thought that was just like infected virusy stuff, like spreading out to the rest of his body, but no, I was saying like yeah. I thought that
1: was boogers. Like I thought that was just him. Like that's how you get a
0: runny nose. Is that <laughs> that's damn just the snot?
1: But here's the thing: like that damn must break every like year like there's it's an infrastructure nightmare for these like bugs white blood cells the blood cells yeah yeah uh okay i
0: just i i just feel we're on different waves like we are 100 different waves on this one yeah which is fine like
1: it doesn't matter you saw this for the first time i saw this where like i've now lived a life like if i saw this nathan i like this and like affably like this and it before but i've lived a life now where like food yeah. stuff has been deeply connected with like my body horror of like pain and suffering and, and anguish that now like right. when I watch stuff I'm like I can't do it like I used to.
0: Did any of that that those elements of like heart condition speak to you? Not like at all.
1: Uh, because like okay. I'm aware I'm aware I've never been a heart warrior. I've been more gastrointestinal stuff bugs me more than anything
0: and that's all this movie is is gastrointestinal nightmares for for how like scatological this movie could be there's not a lot of like rectum stuff there's like there's a little bit tom colonics there is tom colonic and at one point he pulls off on the wrong ramp and he's hanging towards the rectum because he misunderstood what drick said yes like oh we're going for the dangles or whatever yeah (laughs) he starts heading that way but uh I don't know, it could be grosser, I guess, but it it might have gotten a PG thirteen. To be fair the animated world. The
1: the animated world could be much grosser, but I would make the argument that like the live action world
0: was as gross as you could make it. It's about it's pushing like I bet there's footage of the puke and then they couldn't do it and there's just the photo now. Yeah, exactly. You know? I there there was like unconfirmed IMDB trivia stuff about like this was almost PG thirteen. Yeah. And then they had to like trim it down a little bit. And I guarantee you the live action end. stuff. It wasn't the uh Yeah, I don't think it would have gone the other way. Although when Thrax the virus like just kinda scrapes those guys, they start like dying in this the same like, way. The MPAA
1: is such a hypocritical place because they're not people to them. So therefore violence against non people things don't matter to them as yeah. much.
0: So this it's movie like, gets away with some like horror movie stuff in the animated world, oh, yes. and then outside it's just kind of barfing and and puking. Yeah. And, well, which is the same. To be fair, like
1: the villain played so, by Lawrence Fishburne, I forget his name. Do you have- Thrax, Thrax, I guess. Yeah, which
0: Thrax. he's just kind of a unknown new virus. Like this is maybe the third person that's ever gotten it. Oh no, his chain more. implies like eight or nine. Oh oh yeah right. He has this little kind of like a. Uh, I don't know what it is, like, it's, hypothalamus yeah. pieces. <laughs> <laughs> what he <laughs> like does is he essentially, chain. He essentially takes a, a piece of your
1: system, your, your nervous system that controls your body temperature, and so he yeah. steals that away and then leaves you, so then your fever runs crazy and there's no control
0: to it type of thing. Right, right. Um, but it masquerades as a cold for the first little while. Yes,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... They, they, he got to do some fun things like there's some good like you said horror element stuff that he got to do. There's a lot or of we Or just violence. him meeting with
0: like these underworld types like in the ingrown t- toenail and it's basically just like Italian gangster stereotypes like it's kind of yes. funny. It is. Or uh oh hey let's go hang out at Club Zit yeah. which is the centerpiece. Formally, formerly part.
1: known as the, uh, cyst, the and, cyst, and then previously to that under construction.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah like the, i don't know i i was i was engaged pretty much the whole the whole 90 minutes i wasn't too grossed out except maybe the pimple pop was a bit much mm-hmm. i i wrote out i freaked out in my notes a bit at that it it was very farley brothers moment yes like that was like ah i see exactly who made this
1: but i feel like them farley brothers trying to do kids humor to me is more gross than them doing adult humor
0: yeah, because it, it leaves too much to your imagination? No, because it's like I it? find
1: personally, I find like food-related humor or scatological-related humor grosser to me than like semen... Sex-related? Yeah, semen-related yeah. humor type of thing.
0: It's much the same as the gag in, in There's Something About Mary, but it's like a pimple part, yes. which is like ugh, that's somehow more lewd and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess you're right. Oh, uh, it's just okay. Fine.
1: okay, so... Uh, Stuff that makes it obvious This came out in 2001
0: Yeah, for me the soundtrack Was a big one, like a lot of the music You're hearing is just like, ah, okay uh,
1: For <laughs> me it was Brandy Brandy was like, oh yeah mm. Brandy, that's what I literally thought when I was like Yeah, straight.
0: several of her songs are in it She's also a voice actress in it uh, Kidney Rock showing up yeah. was like A big eye roll <laughs> And let's, let's get a
1: Let's get a popular artist from today and it would either be Kid Rock or Limp Bizkit, like Fred Durst would have been... But they probably couldn't figure would out how to turn his for this name Also,
0: Yeah, into... he's at Club Zit playing, yeah. and all of his band is there. Uncle Cracker is credited. Yeah. Like, it's just... <laughs> and then some of the references, like, there's, like, a fight scene that's kind of martial arts, and it does a, a kind of Matrix whip pan One... thing.
1: One key, but that's the thing is, like, again, like, there's just this era where it, it has... Everything
0: needed that. Yeah, but, yeah. like,
1: they only did it once in this entire film.
0: Yeah, and on the cover for the DVD, uh Osmosis kind of poet like posed like he's a kung fu master and it's like he did that once in like the whole I movie know, and it's I was not like, really his defining thing. To be fair, animation he's just got a gun.
1: Animation lends itself to do those type of effects really well, but they only and there's a big fight scene at the end of the movie
0: and they don't do where it. Or he's fighting Lawrence Fishburne, yeah. so it's perfect, but they don't do it. Yeah. I just I don't and know. And then the the big one that I was like, wow, this is like dated even then was the Titanic bit. <laughs> Like, when Frank is dying, there's just like, hey, here's a bunch of musicians for no reason. Red blood cells. And chills. they're like, well, Red blood cells. it's been an honor serving with you. And then they all start playing. It's like, I saw that movie too, but that was like four years ago. Yeah. Why are you doing this now? Well, because kids, but, it would have been animated around the same time. And they're all 14 now, so they finally saw Titanic on DVD or VHS. I saw Titanic in theaters
1: when I was eight, like 13 years old, so 12 years old.
0: So you were ready for that joke.
1: No, meaning, like, I'm saying, like, the animation would have started in this movie in, like, 1998 or something like Oh, that. a year
0: and a half earlier? Yeah. And it was a big deal. So, yes. I get it. It was just, yeah, another kind of groan. But th- those were the main ones for me that kind of earmarked it as being that time frame. Yeah. But I thought it, like, animation-wise, it still looked kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like, it still had, like, the kind of pseudo-3D look of Drix and the chaotic city like a lot is packed into the frame i felt i was missing like in jokes and sign jokes and just stuff all over the all over the place my favorite like visual bit was when we visit frank's subconscious for a couple seconds like for a minute maybe like and there's just all these screens with like live action video stuff uh presumably shot by the farley brothers of just like weird embarrassing situations with bill murray like uh there's the best part is when a dream about like him at school with no pants on, like the classic turns into a fever dream as, as uh, Thrax is like heating up his whole body. Like there's just a man laughing with like a giant bucket of chicken and like pointing at him. And it's just like, this is demented in a correct way for like when you, you start getting sick and just start thinking nonsense. Like it's, it was a nice little couple minutes there. It was almost, I, I don't know. Like, you know in like being John Malkovich when they go into his subconscious mm-hmm. and there's just like crazy images oh, yeah, yeah. all over the place? It was kind of like that, but with this like 3D, 2D contrasty thing.
1: No, I, thing. I, 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 thought I totally really see cool. that. Again, I just have this sense that like even though this movie hits the beats of like it's woven well when it comes to like their timing of things. Like they animated something and they had to go and shoot something that corresponds to it. It's all accurate. The yeah. tonal shifts just – are too jarring for me between the two styles of like what they're like the tr- trying to go for. Like the sense of
0: humor inside his body Yes, isn't, yeah, I guess so. I, I honestly felt this was pretty well, like, connected, considering it's different creative teams working together. But I guess I guess I see that being a bit, like, the hard cuts were the parts where I was mostly jarred when it's just kind of like, and we're done with this animation scene and we didn't, Film like a kind of zoom out to whatever Bill Murray is doing, so we're just gonna cut mm-hmm. and now he's in his car or something. Like it was, it was a bit janky there, but yeah, yeah. Um,
1: anyways, I just it, it just this movie didn't work for me this time, uh, but I think that like once you're kind of like pulled out of something for some external reason, then like for example, like it's not fair, and I want to go watch it again, but the first time I ever watched Dog Soldiers, I was actively getting food poisoning while i was watching it
0: oh okay And so
1: now i have all these like horrific ideas attached to dog soldiers
0: yeah yeah but it's like not dog i'm tra- trying to think where stuff like that's happened where yeah like i ate a bad pizza or something and then whatever music i was listening to during that yeah. like it's lmfao's like first album yeah like i was just like All of this just makes me nauseous now. And I don't think it's like Blue Foo or Sky Foo's fault or whatever, (laughs) but it's just, it's not going to work. So I had to delete that album. I've never listened to it again.
1: Exactly. And it's Uh, it's not like Dog Soldier's fault. Like, I like that director. I like the cast. I like the conceit that I got food poisoning while I was watching it. But But if
0: a movie gives you like a physical reaction. No, but it's like not even
1: like the movie didn't like something in my life gave me a physical reaction. And then Osmosis Jones just like tapped that nerve. A lot. Uh, was we watching it
0: reminded you of of all of that like bad chicken nights and yes, stuff. 100%. Yeah, hundred percent. So okay. Anyways, fair enough. Yeah, like the ingrow toenail stuff was getting into that point, but I was like on the other end of it where I I was recovering. So it was kind of fun to like see it depicted as this villainous hive of like evil dudes. It was it was kind of cool. So anyway, are you a Chris Elliot fan? I... Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, especially recently with, like, a genuinely good role for him in Shit's Creek. Yeah. But I watched Cabin Boy in the past okay. year, and that is such a goofy movie that shouldn't have happened. Like, it's not great, but it's so weird. Like, so the fact was, that it exists makes you happy
1: that it exists.
0: Like, Russ Tamblin is this giant merman and all this stuff that happens in that movie. Brian Doyle Murray is a pirate. Like, it just has this... Like, this could never have happened, like, should never have happened. Like, I guess he was coming off some TV success at the time, so he got to be in a movie, and then Cabin Boy happened. Uh, But yeah, this is their first, like, pairing of any kind since Groundhog Day. And just Mm -hmm. seeing them both, like, shoveling, like, elephant dung or whatever's going on there, (laughs) and just, like, hanging out with his, like, long, gross hair, like, Joe Dirt hair, and then just they're like he decides to take him to the buffalo chicken fest instead and then when they cut to them on the road trip chris elliott just does not have a shirt on yeah. he's just rolling with him it's like this is this is pretty funny I, like he's just leaning into the grossness like get your fluids buddy here's a beer and like all of that stuff was was fun pairing for me i do not
1: have a fondness for chris elliott like you do um okay. mainly because like my first I think I mean I, I might have run into him a couple times before this but like my big first reaction to him is there's something about Mary.
0: What what is his he's is one his of like that? he's been Ben
1: Siller's best friend that is married who's like you should go and find this Mary girl. And then the twist at the mm. end of it, he's the high school boyfriend that she's been hung up about this whole year. And he, but he grows this like crazy zit whitehead right on his eyebrow, like eyelash like line. <laughs> And it's so, like, just disgusting. It's just more of, like, that Farley humor that's just, like... But he, like... He's a big Farley guy, so, like, he shows up in a bunch of their stuff. But... Yeah. So it's not shocking to see him, but he loves gross-out humor a lot.
0: Yeah. But I, I I was pretty happy to see him in this. I didn't know he was in it. So, yeah. But, okay. Let's, uh... I guess get on to the MVPs. Yeah, okay. Uh
1: can you just go first? Just I don't know who's actual first time <laughs> it is this time, but can you go first? Okay.
0: I uh, I decided like I was I was juggling between uh William Shatner's voice performance and the author of this whole thing and I decided to go with him, uh Mark Hyman. Okay. Just cuz I liked kind of the the animation portion of this movie especially the little stuff with like where bad bacteria hangs out and mm-hmm. how the city's structured and mm-hmm. All those little things I thought mapped pretty in a pretty fun way. Mm -hmm. And even though it's like, why is this like flirting with this educational potential and not really doing anything with it? Like, that's a little weird. I, I felt it kind of chose a lane of just like, we're just kind of making a dumb cop movie and it happens to be set in a body and then I felt the the Farley brothers are the ones really like amping up the crazy stuff on the live action end. Correct. As written, that stuff works like it's it's just dude gets sick and then the ramifications of that inside and all that. Uh, what did this guy go on to do? Perfect He's kind score. of a script punch up guy. He went on to do perfect like, score was a big thing. Yeah, he came up with the story
1: yeah. idea for meet the Fockers, which is terrible.
0: <laughs> it's not a credit you really need. No.
1: And then he did uh, like a collaborating author on how to turn your dragon. And then he wrote, he solely wrote, oh, with one other person, he wrote uh, Show Dogs. Show Dogs?
0: I also, like, I have to imagine this is him updating his own wiki, because there's tons of, like, punch-up credits. Yes. And that's the kind of stuff that's, like, always uncredited, that no one knows about. And therefore, also,
1: but you can take credit for, and not a lot of people are going to correct it's you it. It's hard to verify, yeah. Yes. It's
0: like, all right, like, did you really work on that? But it's like, I don't know. I, I like... I know that's happening in Hollywood. Like a bunch of people are, oh, yeah. getting into like, a room and you adding all those, some like, comedy Josh, here Josh and there to
1: being a big one who like who's punched up so many scripts but never got credit for type of thing.
0: Never gets credit. Yeah. So it's neat to just see like a list of stuff and assume like taking on face value. It's like okay, like maybe he added some dumb John Turturro comedy into Transformers. Thanks. I don't. I don't know. But he
1: did. Freddie <laughs> got fingered. That like that sucks. That's a bad movie.
0: I have not seen that movie. I know it's one of Ebert's most hated movies. He did not hate this movie, though. He gave it a three. He has it's a whole a nice list. Kinda... He made
1: a list of his own polishes. Like, this is... Oh, I don't, I know, I don't believe this.
0: I don't believe some of these. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I think you're wrong, and Mark Hyman is secretly... No, no, no I talent, totally so. get, like,
1: the Farley Brother ones, like, Me, Myself, and Irene, and The Ringer, and all these things, but, like... Yeah. And some of these make sense, like, because he worked at DreamWorks, so he has some of that stuff. But there's some movies in here, like, this doesn't make sense. Like, why would he get, like, punched up on Freaky Friday? Like, or Ghostbusters? Like,
0: I don't know. Sony Ghostbusters could have had a committee punching it up. Okay. It makes sense. Or, to like, me.
1: Secret Life of Walter Mitty.
0: Ben Stiller Connections. I don't, okay. With the Fockers. Like, it I makes
1: sense. Like, there's things that, like, connect to each other. So it's like, this is a really logical list that makes sense as you go yeah. down it. Cause I can cause you can come up with all these things where like, oh, well, somebody worked on this one. Therefore this worked on this. And you're like, okay, but I can make a similar list being like, because I worked on with Ben Stiller this one time for real, all these other movies of his, I helped write.
0: And it's hard to scrutinize. It's just like this shadow industry of Hollywood that doesn't get credited a lot. So it's kind of weird. But, uh, but this is, this is his screenplay. I guess Zach Penn had some hand in it at some point, which I thought was a funny like callback to our first episode. Yes. Last action hero. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to give the credit to the writing here and just a special mention, I guess, for William Shatner's slimy politician character. Cause I thought it was funny and I, I didn't know it was him for like a second. I was like, who, who am I hearing? What? Oh, wow. That's William Shatner. <laughs> William Shatner. So, uh, I guess and then he gets farted
1: out of the, he does get farted out of right. Frank. farted logic humor. Um, I guess mine goes to Lawrence Fishburne. Um, mainly because <laughs> okay. he made me forget that it was Lawrence Fishburne.
0: That was that was the thing. I I wasn't. I was having a hard time placing who I was hearing. Like he's he's got a a lot of like he's going around recruiting all these bad bacteria and everything. Mm-hmm. But I was like, who who is this? Who am I? Who is talking right now? And then he just used his crazy claw and like cut someone or something. But yeah, yeah, and then they have a crazy Matrix fight on a fake eyelash, Mm -hmm. and it looks it looks nuts. It's like three D with like little cell guys. And he's in the Matrix.
1: I know it's pretty crazy. It's pretty perfect. Yeah.
0: Uh yeah. Sunglasses. (laughs) Lawrence Fishburne, Larry Fish. Okay. Um, this week's question is not really well. I'm gonna I'm gonna connect it because one of these Farley brothers did go on to direct a best picture-winning film. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So Let's not get started on that one, but okay. Yeah, but it's not not necessarily... Also
1: filled with, like, deep-fried chicken jokes in that movie. Have you seen Green Book? I have not seen Green Book. It's not good, but it has, like, uh, Viggo Mortensen eating fried chicken in the grossest way possible.
0: So, director trademark, I guess. I guess so. It's... This is this is more just generally about the Academy Awards and their influence or whatever. What was the first Oscar ceremony you tuned into? And what are your general feelings on the Academy Awards and how much sway they seem to have? Because I know you don't love it, but I seem to keep getting pulled into the Oscar trivia zone yeah, yeah. every well, so often. Is, I just love reading about it. This is it.
1: where I'm going to watch the Oscars because I'm like, well, only stream... Who are
0: you even going to choose? Well, streaming yeah.
1: services or... Wonder Woman or Tenet. Like, that's the options. Like...
0: Uh, Sonic coming in with best supporting actor potential. Yeah. For Jim Carrey. Uh, For Jim Carrey.
1: Okay. So, there's two two questions there. Okay. One question. The first I ever remember... I didn't watch the whole thing. I just remember watching the opening sequence. I I mean, I might have watched the whole thing, but I don't remember everything because it's... The Oscars are terrible. But... uh, (laughs) Billy Crystal was hosting. And you know how they always have, like, opening, like, filmed... Like like jokes, or like a little mini movie where they make fun of things. Billy Crystal's mm. hosting, and it was like making fun of English Patient. That f- airplane scene where like refines. Okay. And Emma, is it Emma Thompson? Who's with her? Who's in? I'll, I'll just nod at that. No, it's not I, Emma Thompson. I, I it's have not.
0: not seen. Okay, anyways. Juliet Binoche, maybe? No, I don't it's know. Not.
1: Anyways, it's, they're both on a hill. <laughs> And, like, in a desert hill, and there's a plane coming at them, and Billy Crystal's, like, inserted beside them, making jokes about the movie.
0: Green-screened. Yeah, like, he's green-screened in yeah. a
1: bunch of movies off, nominated that year, and I thought that was pretty funny. So,
0: I kind of, like, for so me... 97, I guess, would have been the year uh, that ceremony 96, happened? 96, maybe? It's the movies of 96 yes. awarded in exactly early 97, yeah. So, for me, it's, yeah. like, it comes down to,
1: like, I like um, the host-related stuff. Okay. But I actively dis- – the year that, like, I turned on the Oscars, like, I actually turned on the Oscars, is, like, uh, the 99 – the 2000 – okay. For the movies that came out in 1999. Yeah. So it was in February 2000. That was the year that Shakespeare in Love and Saving Private Ryan were nominated.
0: No, no. That would have been ninety. Okay, it's 98 ceremony. to 99.
1: Okay. That year yeah. and when Shakespeare in Love won and then Roberto yeah. Benigni won f- – like, Shakespeare in Love won Best Picture over Saving Private Ryan, and then Roberto Benigni won Life is Beautiful over Tom Hanks. And I like sat there, actor, yeah. I sat there bum and baffled, because here's the thing, like, obviously, when a movie comes out, you can't know in that moment, like, what movie's going to actually send the test of time, but really, at the end of the day, the Oscars should be honoring the movies that we remember for the longest. Nobody talks about Shakespeare in Love, and nobody talks about Life is Beautiful. Saving Private Ryan is still a relevant, perf- like, performance and film today. Mm-hmm. And they got it wrong. I
0: I started just after that gaff. I guess like the first one I saw was uh, American Beauty won Best Picture, okay. and like a lot of the big ones. Yeah. And it was just like okay, like but this it was, is that's when the this thing happens.
1: is like that's the era that broke Hollywood. Like the Weinstein model showed up, and Miramax yeah. and all of these small subsidiaries started winning, which is fine. But they were winning for the like they wrong. they were just good at campaigning. They were winning for yeah. the wrong reasons because. And then the studios got out of making Oscar films. Like, studios Mm -hmm. started making... Like, I I attribute... Like, we talked about this, like, like franchise fatigue, big blockbuster fatigue. It comes down to the Weinsteins because they made Oscar films or, like, quiet dramas for only independent features. And then studios were like, well, we're not going to win awards for these things, so we might as well just make money off of these big movies. And that's what they started caring about. Like, Braveheart was, like a movie that won Best Picture and was a blockbuster at the box office. That doesn't really happen that much anymore. Avatar was maybe the last one, and I disagree that Avatar should have been one.
0: I'm trying to think of... I mean, like, there's kind of these, like, uh, it's an honor to be nominated type stuff. With like, I think Black P- Black Panther was nominated for Best Picture
1: because mm-hmm. they But it up... seemed
0: kind of like, oh, well, we have nine nominations now, and obviously it has no chance of winning. Yeah, there's there's still kind
1: five of... pictures that are like actually nominated. Oh, and Toy then Toy
0: Story three was that nominated once? I think so. There's like there's just recent ones. Well, that's where, what I mean. Like there's yeah.
1: five nominated actual features, and then there's one to five extras that are just like, yeah, these are good culturally ones, but they're never gonna win right
0: because well because the best director nominees yes. kind of like highlight who's really in yes. the conversation to the point where <laughs> yeah
1: okay my actual favorite uh, oscars was the year of the writer's strike and it was the year ja- hugh jackman hosted and like dan Harmon wrote a lot of the, wrote stuff. the show it's which great. is
0: so amazing because that was the one year i was like you know what i'm just gonna play xbox with my friends and i didn't even watch it and it's like you missed the best one in like a decade yeah.
1: Well, Hugh oh. Jackman <laughs> sings this great number because they don't even film a thing. They just do this big musical number where he breaks down what – like he breaks down what all the Oscar-nominated films are. And he has like yeah. – Like he builds cardboard pieces because they had no money was the joke. He built cardboard yeah. pieces, props. So he's riding like the Bat Cycle on a cardboard cycle singing about Dark Knight. And and Hathaway comes up and they start singing like Les Mis stuff together. Anyways, Uh <laughs> It ends with The Reader. The Reader was nominated that year. And the best part yeah. of it is this huge dance number comes out. And the whole lyric, like to wrap up The Reader is, I didn't watch The Reader.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I meant to watch it, but I couldn't get to it. And I was like, yeah, yeah to be fair, no, who watched The Reader that year? Who is still yet to watch <laughs> The Reader? or remembers I it?
0: eventually, out of weird obligation to something, I did watch The Reader. Uh, Good for you. Years later, yeah. It's, you went back years it's later. I feel like the years like guys... later. I was like, Kate, Kate Winslet won for this. What happened? Uh, and yeah, in in just like digging around, there's so many Oscar movies that just get like forgotten forever. Yes. Like I was kind of looking at that of just like a lot of performances win, and then it just doesn't really ma- make a difference. Like it just. So, gets question for you. Tossed on the dustbin. So the big yeah. year for
1: me that was a telling year was the There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men year. Okay. Uh, no Country won that year, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going in nervous that I was like, I was going to burn it all down if There Will Be Blood won instead of No
0: Country. <laughs> Whereas a lot of people seem to regret that decision, but it's like, guys, the Coen brothers, come on. No, like, like No Country or Old man, on. is
1: better than There Will Be Blood, 100%.
0: Yeah. They were filmed in the same state, and come on. Like, but... Deacons worked on one of the films and not the other. Yeah. Period. And yet, the whoever whoever the hell that was... <laughs> on the cinematography on there will be blood he won the trophy that year. I know. <laughs> what? I know and pan and by some like wood oil no, derek stuff. It's
1: really frustrating to me that Deacons it took for
0: Deacons to
1: like Blade Runner 2049 for the, him that's when he wins. To finally win it. And I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. Like I like Blade Runner 2049. It's not great. It's not even like close to being great. But like that's not the movie Deacons it's it's one of the movies he could have should have won on, but it's not the movie he should have won.
0: Oh yeah. it's... no! His collaborations with the Coen Brothers are are my bread and butter for that stuff. But, but regardless, uh,
1: the Oscars yeah. are a dumpster fire of like they chase <laughs> they chase political nonsense nonstop. They're always decades behind the zeitgeist of the actual world, which is frustrating to me. Oh man! Like they're like, actually it... so far behind. Like they're like who is like Denzel won the first. African American man to win a best actor nominee, like best actor statue. Uh,
0: he didn't I thought Sidney Poitier for best supporting. Won. I think. Well, I I don't think so. Okay, let's look. But it let up. me see. It was the first in many Ollie decades. Crow. The breakthrough that year was uh, Halle Berry was the first to win best actress, uh, African American. I remember that one keenly too. I would actually have right, it is, like it them is Sydney taped. Poitier. Here's, here's some fun facts on Nathan's Oscar problems. I would have them taped and watch them a couple times. I know. Like, <laughs> when they'd come out. I know. Just like, eh, just put on 2002 Oscars again. Just have that going on. Why not? It's and you can so fast forward crazy. the boring speeches. It's just so I don't
1: understand it. Sorry, you're right. It was Sydney Poche. But it's just like, yeah, Halle Berry, like the first one. Denzel's first one was for Trading Day. Uh, Like, they gave uh John Wayne's oh, first yeah, one that's right. for True Training Grits. Day. Uh, like, they just, they're always so, like, Martin Scorsese's first one. No, for- no,
0: Jeff Br- True Grit zeroed out. It won zero out of ten. Uh, he won for Crazy Heart. No, 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 John Wayne. John Wayne. John Wayne. Sorry, you're right. I thought you were talking about the Coens again because no. of Roger Deakins. No, 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 but, no. Uh, uh Jeff Bridges won the, before he went to do True Grit, because Crazy Heart comes okay. before it.
1: But anyway. Wait, is
0: that not John Wayne's greatest performance, Rooster Cogburn? Not in the slightest. Okay. Like, the Cowboys, the Shootists,
1: uh, the Searchers, like, like, True Grit's, like, a a wonderful film, but it's, it's a fun, like, campy movie. Okay. It's, like, not, anyways, it's just, like, they always do these, like, hey, we're sorry, we fucked up earlier, I apologize, that's the first time I've sworn (laughs) on the show. We really screwed up uh, earlier on this whole thing, like, like, weren't Scorsese winning for Departed? It's, like, yeah, I loved The Departed, it's a great movie, but, like,
0: come on, guys, all the movies you missed. 1980 is such a big one because it's like I am here as like a 33 year old person. I have known ordinary people. One best picture in 1980 for 22 years of my life, and I've never bothered to. Yeah, know. and like I know you're not the biggest Raging Bull fan. Yeah,
1: but it is more remembered and more more, thought of. And more significant yeah.
0: than ordinary people. <laughs> exactly, starring Donald Sutherland and. That guy, what won best supporting actor at age twenty, like, and he was in the dark half. Yeah. What's that
1: guy's name? Timothy Hutton. Yeah.
0: yeah, there you go. I know that, but I don't care about it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like just, it's like Anna yeah. Paquin in the piano. Like they
1: just chase like like things, and then they're always marred with like controversy. Like my favorite one is like La La Land. La La Land wins for like a split second before. Yeah. <laughs> Before like, Moonlight wait, 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 no, 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 it. no.
0: Moonlight. It was Moonlight. And it's
1: just like, guys, like you... Yeah, you just... They just screw up all the time. Like, the fact that, like, they just started to do actual representation in their members, like, two years ago.
0: Oh. Like, they changed... Like, actually, the breakdown of who's in the Academy yes. is getting scrutinized now? Yeah. Okay. And
1: it's just like, they're always far behind, but somehow they still have this clout that directors chase after. Like, Leo... I respect Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio less and less... Like, as he was leading up to his, like, Oscar win to the Revnix. It's just like, stop chasing it, man. Like, just, who cares? Just be Mm -hmm. happy you're making great films. Don't be like, oh, I have to win an Oscar for it to validate my entire career.
0: I don't know how I got sucked into it. I'm going to point the finger at Leonard Malton because he would, like, highlight what won stuff Mm -hmm. in his little blurb reviews. And it's like, well, if this is worth, like, 20 of the 80 characters he used to, like, explain what this movie is, it's got to be something because from a young age I was like oh wow this won the Oscar like I gotta, I gotta pay attention to that or like Ben Hur won 11 Oscars so it's gotta be awesome okay, and that's
1: the next level <laughs> yeah. like the three most tied movies for most Oscars of all time are like mm-hmm. Ben Hur first of all like who cares um, Charlton Heston it's fine it's Charlton Heston's hugely problematic man like go and look at his career he's like actually oh dude a what his
0: NRA presidency dude he's I know I was villain. a little kid and I liked Planet of the Apes so I sent I him like, a fan letter <laughs>
1: I like *Planet of the Apes* too, but that doesn't mean like Ben Hur. I was
0: so bummed out watching *Bowling for Columbine* when yeah. I first saw it. It was just like, "Oh, what?" Because he was—he was like literally signed picture on my bookshelf. Like he's my hero, and it's like, "Oh, okay,
1: I'm so sorry, buddy."
0: Well, and then like the worst *Lord of the Rings* that. film, which oh, is like Return not saying a lot because yeah, I okay.
1: like I love *Lord of the King*, but like give it to *Fellowship*. *Fellowship* is actually the best one.
0: That that seemed like one of those, like, we're rewarding the whole I initiative know. at the end Which, thing? to the chagrin yeah. of
1: the actual best movie that came out that year. Mm. Like,
0: I, I can't tell you what that was, Yeah, I though, couldn't tell you either,
1: year. but I just remember watching it being like, <laughs> I actually remember watching it being like, well, this is the last year Lord of the Rings can win, but I actually like this movie more. Mm. And it was just like, or Crash, Crash.
0: The crash, uh, brokeback one is a famous one too. Where that that I was almost gonna bring that up at like the they're decades behind where they think everything is. Cause it's like, hey guys, this movie finally takes a look at racism. And there's like, what? Like have so you guys not seen w- the, boys in the hood or something? The like, color that was purple. Ago. Like even before right. that, the color purple. Like it's just,
1: uh. And then yeah, and then like there's a movie about like I, like two. Giant leading star males leading like a, a. Or
0: that was the whole spotlight of that 2001 ceremony we were talking about with like Monsters Ball and, yeah. and Sydney Poitier and all that stuff. And then it's like, no, no, no. This movie. But like, not, not, I don't, I'm still, I don't understand this homosexual relationship we're seeing here. I'm not going to give it to that. Yeah. You get best director as like a runner up. Yeah. It was weird. It was oh, just like, and this then, weird Nathan,
1: don't even get me started when they split the best pitcher to best director. Nonsense. Mm-hmm. I'm just like this makes no They've sense. They've been doing
0: that so often in the last like decade. Because That's
1: they no, because they're like they're like, Oh, we have to give it to this movie for for whatever reasons, but it's actually not the best director. The best director is over here. And you're like, but how? How do you what is the me- measure here?
0: Like Like Steve McQueen doesn't win for twelve years a slave best director, but it wins best picture, but Gravity was a really fun movie, so Alfonso gets best director. Yeah. Stuff like this. I know. Just keeps happening. And it's
1: just like, wait, why well, can't okay. anyways it's fine it's fine I don't love the Oscars (laughs) I pay attention in the sense of like I would look at IMDb afterwards to see what won and lost and then I rage for a short quick moment but I'm genuinely interested to know what they do this year I know they delayed them but with the idea that they're gonna have more movies in January and February which is proving to be like they're already delaying films right now that are coming out in March and April
0: Oh, it's going to be the jankiest year ever. I'm, that's maybe why it's on the mind of just like, how are they going to tackle any kind of well, ceremony it's, it's this year? it's streaming
1: services are going to be the ones like, Mank will win this year. I guess. It was okay. Or Trial of the but. Chicago 7. Like, Netflix will win this year. Like, this will be the year Netflix actually takes home stuff.
0: okay. So,
1: because they've been Trophies, able to... Man. They've been able to release all of their big movies this year. Mm-hmm. So,
0: anyway, Oscars will, we'll, uh, you know... <laughs> I, it won't come up often, but hey, the Academy Awards. Uh, next week is our final cop-related uh, episode. We're going to rank the batch. Uh, we're each going to share the lists of, of uh, movies that we saw and kind of go over them one last time. Uh, if you want to email us any questions, uh, you can reach us at ryan at okvideo.ca or nathan at okvideo.ca or at okvideopodcast okay on Twitter, which I finally set up. Oh, hey, cool. <laughs> You can send us a question there. Uh, That's it for this week. Uh, Until next time, I'm Nathan. And I'm Ryan. Bye-bye for now.